WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk, where facts matter. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases, the folks refusing to wear masks, says, and politicians getting caught grabbing asses, says, she's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Woo! Hello, hello. Okay, I'm going to need you all to do me a really big favor out there. It is icy. I, uh, I almost didn't make it. I was just walking over. There's a there was a patch right by my house, right across the street, like it by the park, and you know you you can't see it. It's that black ice. I was telling you the other day, be careful. So please be cautious. It. Uh, I was walking over and I nearly wiped out, and I, I can't I can't afford to. My 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 body doesn't heal the way it used to. If I go down hard, it's gonna be a bit. So uh, thank you, Lady B, and a great show with Turi Ryder. Uh, I hope that Joan is feeling better. But always great to hear. The interviews that Turi invites us to listen into. Uh, I love listening to. Uh, I, I've been meaning to reach out to Alderman Matt Martin too. It was a great conversation, and uh, I also want to. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to turn these lights on. Oh, there we go. Facebook Live. If we're streaming, just want to make sure the lights are on. Uh, I was. Oh, it's awful outside, you guys. So please be cautious driving or walking. And I was crossing Milwaukee Avenue, just walking across the, the street, and I. Uh, I got to the middle. It's a four-lane street. Milwaukee can be very busy. And it's one of those things where you'll have a massive amount of cars. Just car, 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 car. And I wasn't crossing at a crosswalk. I was trying to get here and uh, did not go to the designated pedestrian spot. So I was crossing Milwaukee and I got, you know, halfway across. And I I was like, I I have enough time. I think I saw a van pulling out and I was like, okay, he hasn't started going yet. And I started timing it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to hold back. And he accelerated. And I was so glad that I stopped. He whipped out of that spot. And uh, and so thank you to B&B for Micah Tiles uh, and uh, whatever work that they do uh, for just uh, giving me a little bit of an adrenaline rush there. So <laughs> I did not take the chance and try to run across the street because I thought, you know what? I had enough trouble just walking on the sidewalk a minute ago. I'm not going to go running across Milwaukee Avenue. I'm going to do that. That's sort of like... That little del- the, those dainty steps you take on the ice. Yeah, that's what I did. Oh, man. There's a lot going on. And, uh, you know, I, <laughs> holidays can be extremely stressful for everyone, of course. And uh, for my family, it's uh, often wrought with a lot of uh, just hard memories of, of uh, things that happened when I was a kid. Uh, and I... Uh, it's always filled with joy and a little bit of mourning and grief as well every single year. And there's a lot going on. Dutton continues to recover. Uh, it's, you know, we're trying to adjust. It's been now since May since he has not been able to walk on his own. And uh, it's a lot. I don't sleep very well. I sleep next to him. And uh, sometimes he'll, he'll like, he'll poke me because I'll wake up at like three in the morning and he wants, he wants some milk or he wants a snack or something. And I'm like, and I, it's very hard to explain to him that, uh, no, this is not snacking or uh, you can have water for sure, but we are not having snacks right now. And sometimes he's awake the rest of the morning. Uh, sometimes he goes back to sleep. So it's been uh, a little bit erratic. And I have, so I have a lot of things going on. I might, I found out that I might need, the other reason I don't heal very well is, uh, my spine is out of whack, and it turns out I might need a uh, spinal surgery. It's really when it rains, it pours. Um, but you know what really is bothering me right now? You want? You ever wear a pair of socks 
where the elastic is just not right and it's the sock is it's sliding down slowly and, and it's like gathering at your ankle and then you know it's going to gather at your toe. That's what's bothering me right now. So I, I will focus on that annoyance right now and let go of everything else because it's bugging me. I'm so grateful I didn't fall on the ice. Be careful, everybody. Oh, 773-763-9278. Our phone lines are open. We'll take your calls. It's all open this whole first hour to have our conversations about whatever is on your mind. Give us a call. 773-763-9278. And then coming up at 6 o'clock, we will have movie critic Mike Crowley joining us uh, from, you'll probably agree, Reviews, YPA Reviews. You can go to his website. does a great job about of writing a um, about films, and not always just the ones that are out. He's got a wide range of uh, of film reviews on his website, so it's a it's a great site. I highly recommend. And we'll be talking to him about his uh, top movies of 2022. And uh, we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about some of the movies that are out right now that you're curious about. So if there's a movie that you're wondering about, give us a call as well or text at seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. That's seven seven three. 763 WCPT. Here's Dave right out of the gate. What's on your friend? Oh, what's on your, what's on your friend, my mind? <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what happens when I, almost, when I almost wipe out on the sidewalk. I was so worried. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Yes, I'm all right. Did, did you do a Fosbury flop or whatever? No, I, I just, I started to go. You know, when you have like that one foot starts to go and it's a, and you, you get your balance has to kick in. You're like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I have a ba- I had a backpack on. I'm like, this is going to be bad. Okay. No, but I recovered. I, uh, Good. I remained I'm seriously hurt from them. Uh, yeah. On that ice like that. Oh yeah. yeah. For sure. I was just telling lady B, I just reading the story where Trump delayed the release of personal financial disclosure required by law for presidential candidates. It says now Trump may wait another 45 days before releasing new details about his personal finances. And also the former president could also request one more 45 day extension. And he had requested and received a 45-day extension on filing a mandatory personal financial disclosure that would offer new details about his wealth now that he's, again, a presidential candidate. And they're talking about the complexity of his finances and the need to obtain additional information from third parties. President, ex-president, you should say, Trump needs additional time to gather the necessary information and complete the report. Compass Legal Group Senior Counsel Derek H. Ross wrote to the Federal Election Commission on Thursday. Dave, are you reading an article to me? (laughs) I feel like I'm just digging. All right. No, I mean, it's it's on Insider if you want to read it. Okay. Like I said, I just read an article. Just this guy, you know, he's going to get 90 days basically to, uh, because he can, after the 145 days is up at the end of January. He gets. He can file again for one more forty-five days. Yeah, here's the thing. We didn't even get his taxes the last go around. We didn't, you know, we didn't get the full disclosure. There's so many things that were not, he was not held accountable for that every time something new comes along, it's like, well, you, yeah, of course you did that. I don't know what's going to happen with this January 6th commission, whether or not their referrals for uh, investigation, further investigation is going to happen. I know that Jack Smith has uh, assembled a grand jury and has informed them it'll be three months of investigations uh, of uh, unveiling uh, 
uh, testimony. So we'll see. Hopefully something comes from that. But I mean, I, I mean, look, I wish I wish we had an Al Capone situation here with all the terrible things that he's done. We just get him on his taxes or but it's another instance of I'm sure he'll get away with something else. Right. I mean, he already has. Yeah. He's built a whole life of getting away with it. Exactly. You could say like the uh, the one song slips sliding away here. Yeah. You know? But they did post something on the. Um, MSNBC that Monday supposedly they're going to be sending the stuff off to the January 6th. They're sending off the referrals. So I guess the DOJ. Yep. Yeah, well, I'm excited to hear what the what those what what that turns out to be because I thought that they did an excellent job of presenting the information, of showing us uh, new footage, of showing us the timeline, hearing from uh, uh, witnesses. I mean, there were things that I had no idea, you know, even to the the point of the um, you know the elect- judges of election down in was it in Georgia the the woman who was uh, essentially her life was ruined because Trump said that she and her mom had 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 put boxes under a table and they, it was showing up at her grandmother's house it was it, it, like things like that that i mean you and i are looking at like what about his taxes i mean imagine your life is ruined because a president chooses that day to put a target on your back and he did it over and over and over again and the thing is yeah he's in, he's getting away with it and it's because he's enabled by the gop by lindsey graham and ted cruz and mark Rub- mark rubio and all these people who said that you shouldn't trust him when they were running you know when they they didn't think he should have been president these like they're like he's a con man you can't believe anything he says. And then they just kiss his ass every single day. They don't care. And neither, neither do his followers. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. So the Jan 6 committee to vote on criminal referrals Monday. Yep, we'll see. I don't know. I, I you know, there's a, there's a, a group in my neighborhood that follows our aldermen uh, in the 45th ward, and they're like, uh, you know, they're, we're we're hoping for indictments, and I'm like, I, I, you know, how can you follow Chicago politics and think that it matters at all? I mean, did you see this? Uh, the what's the name of the? Her, I know her first name is Carrie. There's an older woman who says that she can't stand trial because she's not well enough. That she needs to be assisted. She has to have a, a oxygen tank. You know what the FBI did? They said, all right, let's. Uh, Let's let's follow her. And they, they follow her. She spent three hours at a nail salon without a tank, without assistance. She went to a city hall. Oh, yeah. She's been doing business at city. Um, come on, guy. What you guys? And then and you know what? In the FBI's uh, request to make sure that she stands trial, they said she didn't even go so far as to get a doctor to lay out exactly why she can't stand a jury trial. Yeah. yeah. She didn't even get a, she didn't even get a doctor's. I'm sorry. Am I yelling too? She didn't even get a doctor's note. You guys, it's so. The, like of course, <laughs> come that on. That uh, that uh, what the punk that was drunk driving that time. He was too affluent to. Uh, oh yeah. Go to jail. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm sorry. Let me clear off. So you, you put me in a mood. Thanks, power. Dave. You put me in a mood. All right, be well. <laughs> Dave's like, what about his tax? I'm like, what about everything? It doesn't. All right, let me take a break. Take care. <laughs> Get your trading cards. They might go fast. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Dave went running away. Uh, <laughs> Like, too much. Dave came for a sip of water, opened the fire hydrant, and got doused. All right, let's take a break here when we come back. want to let you know about our giveaway starting on Monday uh, for Gindos. we got $50 gift cards from Gindos Hot Sauce. I'll tell you more when we come back on WCPT 820. It's a heartland signal. We're so happy you're here. Oh, and speaking of which, tune in. Go go to, go to WCPT820.com so you can listen to the show online in case you start to lose the signal. And uh, we'll, we will be right back after this. I'm going to pull up that all woman's name yeah she didn't even, she didn't even get a doctor's note lady b i can't go to i can't i can't go to trial but i can get my nails up for three hours
Okay. The Hal Sparks Radio Program. Mike Pillow said he's, and I quote, 93% sure he's going to run for head of the RNC. And wait for it. He asked people to chime in and say, do you want me to run? And he gave out a special email address for them to contact him. Guess what the email address is? Mike Lindell, RNC, at frankspeech.com. Hal Sparks, Saturdays from 11 to 1 on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You guys have to make a phone call while we're on the air. I need to call my son. Can you all stand by for... Di- you know, let me just... Do I call... You know, I'm just going to call my son. Because uh, I I, uh, I did this thing. Hold on. Let me call this woman back. Because uh, I asked... She asked... She said she could stop by. Hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> should I just go to another break? Lady B's like, I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do right now. Let me... Uh, I, I always do these groups. Uh, <laughs> hey, Isabel. Can you can you just give me a minute? I have to have my son run that out for you, okay? Just stand by for a minute. Oh yeah, yeah that's fine. I All right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Let me let me tell my son. Oh, thanks. Bye. All right. Stand <laughs> so I do this these uh the group um uh the buy nothing. I told you guys about buy nothing before, and uh, I had this box of knives that we've had around for a whole uh, just a way too long, and uh, and I told her I would put them out on the porch uh, after five, and then I, I I forgot, so I'm gonna have to have my son just run them out there for us. So I really recommend doing buy nothing. It's a great way to one clear your house, not fill the landfills. Hey, sweetie, can you do me a big favor? Can you do you see that box of knives in the basement? Did you see where I left that? Can you run that and put just put it on the front porch as a woman who came to pick them up, and I forgot. She's she's there right now. Can you do that? Do you, do you, she's out front. No, do you see that? It should be over on the other side of the basement. It's it's got knives. You, you you can't miss it. It's got knives all over the place. Remember, Dad was making the joke about the knives. Uh, over on the side. <laughs> By the beanbag. <laughs> hold on a second. <laughs> I don't know. All right. All right. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Let me have Dad call you and figure it out. Maybe Steve, if you're listening, call Griffin and tell tell him where to find the knives. All right. Bye, sweetie. I'm on the air. <laughs> this is my life. What were we saying? <laughs> I can't go home and I'm only two blocks. You know how frustrating it is? I'm only two blocks from my house. Uh, let me text him and tell him to let me know. Hold on. Let me. Let me hold on. One second. Let me know when you've put them out there. We call. Maybe Steve's home. Hold on a second. Let me. Let's just get everybody on the phone. Hold on a second. All right. I'm going to put my. My, my husband's going to hate this. Hold on. So it's a really good uh, way to make sure you don't fill the landfills. Maybe someone wants to try something out. I had these knives lying around for the longest time. Hey, are you home? Can you put the, bo- the box of knives outside? The box of what's outside? The knives. Can you put the box of knives outside? Uh, I can in a bit. I'm not home right now. Okay. Can you call Griffin and tell him where they are 
and welcome to that. She's there right now, and I'm on the air going through this with the audience. All right. Yeah, bye. <laughs> well, that's a new one, Lady B. I am so frazzled today. Hi, this oh, is Kirk Bankstead from the Monopoly Brewing Company. <laughs> Can we start all over? Can we fix this in post? I'm so tired today. Okay, I should have just gone to a break, but I figured, why not? Let's just let Patty un- unravel on the air. So my son is having friends over tonight. Uh, spent his entire childhood and high school Never wanting a sleepover. And I offered, I, I always wanted to be the parent that opened the basement door and said, don't make me call your parents and take you home. I always wanted to be that parent. I never got to do it. And, and also, I don't. I never would have done that. It just happened to me a lot when I was a kid. Uh, we were loud, you know. But, you know, here's the thing. Boys aren't playing games like uh, light as a feather and stiff as a board and Ouija boards and uh, freezing bras and putting somebody's hand in warm water in the hopes that they'll... What the what stupid games we played? Anyway, Griffin is in college now, and all of his friends are, are home from school. And he asked if he could uh, have some friends over and spend the night, which is cool because I like the idea of them being safe and inside. And um, and it, I can't call their parents and, and threaten to drive them home because they're all eighteen and nineteen years old. They've got driver's licenses and know how to use public transportation. But uh, we have a very uh, it's not just cluttered. It's there's a lot going on in our basement because we use the basement for. Uh, Declan's uh, therapy room. We have a great like a, a swing that he can use for uh, sensory input, and we've got a lot of his things that really motivate him to you know be happy and comfortable. And now uh, we've got massive bean bags, but it's also my it's been my studio for uh, doing Zoom calls and whiskey and a cookie for the last two and a half years. And so I have like a studio with all these lights down there. I mean, it's just a very cobbled together basement, and you have your traditional like just hoarding things in the corner. And uh, just a lot of stuff. And then when you start sorting through things, you find, you know, Griffin's baby pictures and and Declan's ornaments that he made when he was in kindergarten and preschool. And and you you get stalled out from trying to do the work you're supposed to. Um, So it's been just a long few days (laughs) trying to get that all sorted. And I wanted to put some things together for Buy Nothing and uh, to make sure that... um, I could uh, help out there. And uh, anyway, I screwed it up. (laughs) Uh, Jerry wants to know if he can go over and find the box of knives. Yeah, if you want to go over, I don't know. uh, (laughs) You can message Steve and see if they need some help because that lady's outside of my house waiting for knives. Just, and it was already a strange thing to, to give away anyway. I'm like, here's a box of knives. And you just it's the kind of thing you really don't want to have to like hand off to somebody because it seems like it's sort of dangerous. I don't know. It's just the whole thing is weird. What have I done today? I, I Okay. Jim, what's on your mind? Hey, Jim, are you there? Yeah, hi, Jay. <laughs> I just wanted to add to the bed. I wanted to add to the bedlam. Uh, Mike the Pillow guy wants Mike the Pillow guy wants to run for the Iron Sea chair, which would be a thing of beauty. You know, him as the Iron Sea chair every weekend. The Sunday shows the Pillow guy trying to explain how he's going to raise the twenty-fifth Republican candidates. And then, uh, of course, we need uh, we need Bobert, the nut from Colorado, <laughs> you know, the House Speaker. So that would be a perfect combo. <laughs> and they could play cards with uh, play gin rummy with. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Nazi Fagan's deck, uh, Trump's deck, there's no deck of cards he's got. It's <laughs> just <laughs> Rummy Game. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to call the other bell over Yeah. Uh, just, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, my God. Uh, did you, have you seen the trading cards, Jim? 
No, I haven't. No, I haven't. I, I was kidding <laughs> my brother. I, I, said, I, was, I was going to trade a Hank Aaron card for, uh, I called one of the Republican stations. They said, I'm going to trade one of a Hank Aaron card. He goes, I wouldn't do it. I was like, okay. Oh, good. Like, what were you going to say? Well, no, so say? tell me, what you. so I don't know what station you listened to. You don't, you don't have to tell me, but how are they reacting to, because I, I haven't seen any Republican say, what a great idea, or it's not. Well, I, no, no. I, I monitor, I'm a radio. Ever since the pandemic, I've turned into like one of these uh, radio free Europe people. So I listen to every station, you know, the Catholic stations, the Protestant stations, I call them all. But anyway, uh, they are, you know, the ones that are taking themselves seriously think it's ridiculous, you know, the Republican. Uh, so when you call them and you give them a rip about it, they're like, ooh, you know. But I, I, can't, I can't help myself. But, you know, they think he's nuts. That, that's all. They think he's nuts. They do. So okay, good. That are going for they're going for the, the the Gator guy down in Florida now. He's he's their new guy. You know, he's the more serious okay. of the two candidates. Well, but anyway, Daddy. Yeah, yeah and we're we're in a lot. Of, I mean, that's the thing is that uh, yeah, I'm that's the guy we should be worried about because he's able to. I'm hoping the rest of the country looks at that guy and go, he's goes, he's nuts. Uh, but he's been successful in his policies. You know they're struggling in Florida, and they still voted this guy in. Did you? Did they love him. They love him in Florida for some reason. Uh, my brother's got a friend down in Florida. They swear by this guy like he's Mussolini or something. I mean, it's, it's almost got like a cult that hold on the state. But he's also uh, a terror on uh, COVID. I mean, he's on the opposite side of reality on that. So he's going to push that with every lever he has. Because he kept the state open, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They'll just have to go through the the uh, the dead and find out how many people actually died there and so on. But that's his, he's going to take that posture that he was the king of letting people die because yeah. it was more important to keep the thing open. But anyway, I just want to say that you know, you just added a bedlam. I was just thinking, you know. Uh, you imagine the polo guy is the chairman for the Republican Party. Anyway, Patty, have a great week. Thanks for taking my call. I hope they get the knives. They did. We got the knives. the knives. It's all straightened out. Uh, Griffin found the box. It had a bunch of cool little uh, gadgets in there, too. So, And they're all vintage. Yeah, not too sharp. Okay, take it easy. All right. Well, I'm not too sharp. Thanks. Take care, Jim. Yeah, I, I, it's all squared away. We got the, uh, the knives have been taken care of. So let me go back to talking about buy nothing. So buy nothing, B-U-Y. Uh, the idea is to offer things that perhaps would otherwise go, and you know, a lot of, th- we go back and forth between donating things to goodwill. Uh, and sometimes I just think, oh, maybe someone in the neighborhood can use this. A lot of folks who, uh, you know, especially, uh, folks who have just had a baby or someone who just moved in the neighborhood maybe hasn't had furniture yet. Things like that. There's a wide, you'd be so surprised, a wide range of uh, items that you can find on Buy Nothing. I love it. Uh, Sometimes I offer things and then uh, they're like, I'll be bio after five. And I'm like, okay, great. I'll put it outside. And then the day gets away from me and I I don't do that. And then we have to resolve it while I'm on the air. (laughs) It's the first time, though. All right, let's uh, take a break here, check in on traffic. Uh, More after this on WCPT 820, Heartland Signal. We're driving it home until seven.
Information is power. Stay informed to know what's going on. Staying informed gives me the power of knowledge. I wake up. I need to know what happened. I turn on the radio. Because information is power. WCPT 820. Where facts matter. Light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of this tunnel. That light at the end of the tunnel. Your guiding light. That light is going to get brighter and brighter. Through another day. I think it's a great day. The Joan Esposito Show. Live, local, and progressive. Weekday afternoons at 2 on WCPT 820. You're listening to WCPT 820. Because facts matter. On January 6, 2021, followers of Trump and something called QAnon attempted a coup at the United States Capitol. Who are these people? I want to live with the QAnon girl. I could be happy the rest of my life with a QAnon girl. Believer of theory, she leans to the right. She never gets weary of being gullible and white. She's my QAnon girl. And like members of any cult, these folks seem willing to follow the directions of their leaders, no matter how irrational or insane or stupid they may be. She likes crazy leaders. She likes worshiping. She learned from a young age to believe anything. She's my QAnon girl. She voted for Trump twice, she bows at his feet. He promised her he'd kill the liberal elite for my QAnon girl. Here is what is expected of the members of a cult. Excessively zealous and unquestioning commitment to the leader and to the leader's belief system, ideology, and practices as if they were the absolute truth, the absolute law. The leader dictates how members should act. Do you think when... uh... Trump supporters switch to DeSantis that they're gonna they're gonna pretend like like Rubio and Cruz and Lindsey Graham and all those guys like they never said that Trump was garbage and that he was a con man and that we should never elect him that he was gonna be terrible for the country like they said all those things and and now that you know he's selling trading cards and uh, losing his mind it does seem as Jim pointed out that conservative radio is moving towards DeSantis as their guy. Uh, Roosevelt, what's on your mind, my friend? How you doing, Patty? Thank you for taking my call again. Of course. Hello. Yeah. So, you know, remember when they, uh, when the right used to criticize Hillary and Bill Clinton because they would get like a hundred to hundred fifty thousand dollars per speech? Yeah. Remember all that stuff? Oh yeah. Oh, that was a huge thing. Not just not just from the de- from the Republicans. Bernie Sanders was talking about how she was taking money. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, and, and it was a big deal. Remember how they made it a big deal? Now, 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 now you know what Fox News is is, is got on? They don't put nothing about the cards or nothing. They're talking about how it's fifty four percent. Fox poll, uh, uh, one of their polls, Fox poll. 60, 64% doesn't want uh, Biden to run in 2024. And our our dear friend at the beginning of the dial, uh, Dan Prof, mm. they, have, they haven't even talked about the card. Nothing. Nothing. It's all, you know, it, it's so embarrassing that none of these guys want to even talk about it. And and, and to do something that my, my 12-year-old could do, I mean, the stuff doesn't even look real i mean i mean i mean not not even a good job it's like you cut and paste it's just like the old days when you would 
cut and paste a, piece, a picture and you just cut the head off and put it on somebody else's body. It's so ridiculous. I mean, I, I just don't understand, you know, and, and, and to me, to me, this is just me. This is, this is going to bury him in my opinion, because the worst enemy of Trump is his mouth, his mouth and his, his half a brain that he's got. He doesn't have a full brain. So he's doing himself in. Who who's gonna take anybody like that serious as far as the independence? I don't know. I mean you know what I'm saying? You know, we've always said, you know, this is gonna do it, this is gonna bury him, this is gonna do this. Right. You know, and he, and, and here's the thing, Patty, he's really desperate for money or I I, I, I there's something going on. I mean I can't help but think that there's something going on. I mean, to go to this level for money there's something going on. He owes somebody money. He's preparing himself for uh, the, the inevitable, which is uh, he's going to be indicted. I mean, to me, this is this is desperation. I mean, it was also desperation. If you notice, he backed himself into a corner when he decided to, uh, you know, the other big reveal, which was that he was running in 2024, you know. He, and, and then the polls are, this favors, you're talking about DeSantis? This helps DeSantis a lot, mm-hmm. a lot, especially oh, God, with yeah. money. Especially with money, Patty. Do you think anybody with money that has supported Republican, the Republican Party, is going to give him any money? So to me, this looks like desperation. I don't know how you see it. What do you think? Uh, well, here's the thing is uh, there's so much. It's it, it, it's the absurdity of it. The it, it just it seems like everything else that he does, uh, he really enjoys bloviating and self-indulgence and believing that because he surrounds himself with sycophants, right? So everyone, oh, that's a brilliant idea. It's great. And so he's got all these yes men. And we've, here's, a th- but the problem is he's been rewarded every single step of the way by his followers, right? There's still a ridiculous number of people that's like 30%. You know that it's still, Roosevelt, it's 30% of the country that thinks that there was fraud involved in the election with Donald Trump and Joe Biden. Right? No, I it's. I agree with you there. Yeah, but, but I, we know that. It, it is yes. It's it's it smells. I don't know if it's desperation. I think that he actually thinks it's a good idea. So if you think it's a good idea, you're not desperate. I mean, yes. I mean, it's all everything he does is desperate, right? It's pitiful and and ugly to us, but to them, it's like, oh no, this is brilliant. Oh no, you you it, because they put his face on Rambo and that did really well. They've got big cutout cardboard images of him and people dance around him and stuff and worship him. They, I mean, like they're really in a cult. And so he's leaning into the cult aspect. As long as you're the cult leader, you may as well go full bore. So I don't know. I don't know if he if he is desperate or if those around him are desperate. Um, he, he was flopping around at his announcement. Remember a couple of weeks ago where people were trying to leave and his his staff was blocking the doors and, and holding them hostage. Essentially, I don't know. I, I I don't know if he if he knows that he's desperate. Do you know what I mean? Like. Usually when you are desperate, you feel it, right? You're, you can't sleep. You're laying awake at night, like, how am I going to get this done? And, and you throw stuff at the wall. This, you know, that could be what this is, is throwing this at the wall is the NFTs. But the imagery doesn't look like it's like he's just throwing something against the wall. Like he really likes it and is really super proud of it. You know, 
But you're forgetting that he threw ketchup uh, on the wall. Well, that's rage, right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but 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 here's the thing, though. I mean, briefly, I'm going to say this. I don't know if you got somebody waiting in line here. Go ahead. But here's the, here's the thing that I noticed also is the fact that you're right. There's this is followers, sycophants, whatever you want to call them. But here's the thing: it takes money to win elections, a lot of money. Okay. So I don't know how he's going to get money from the uh, the GOP or the GOP uh, people. Maybe maybe he's going to make a deal with uh, this guy, uh, the guy that just bought Twitter. Uh, sure. Musk. Yeah, Lon, because as KB calls him, Lon. <laughs> yeah, maybe I, I don't know, but 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 I, to me, it, to me, it's, it smells of desperation. And 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 you you made a point. But in a way, you didn't make a point because here's the thing. We don't know if he doesn't sleep. We don't know if he's restless. We don't know what condition he's in because I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's bound to be preparing himself for the inevitable, inevitable, which is the indictment. And once the indictment comes down, everything, you know, changes in a way. It changes. But then again, he's going to play the victim. Like you said, he gets away with it. So it's like, um, you know. It's like a two-way, uh, two, you know, like a two-sword, two-edged sword. Right, double-edged. Uh, right. To me, to me, it's, it's to me, it's desperate. To me, it's desperate. I think he's, I think he's, he's, he's really, or, or like you said, you're absolutely right. He's a narcissist. He constantly has to have some notice. Every week, there's something else. Every week, there's something else. Every week, there's something else. He constantly has to be. In you know in in the in in the news He's, you know and, and like they like he's always like they they've always said uh, any publicity is good publicity even if it's negative publicity. Yeah, so. I, I think you're right. Look, I, I, I did a quick Google of uh, Trump desperate. And like for months, people have been calling him desperate. Right. And, and I guess I, I just I guess I can't cut through how crazy it is. You know, I can't imagine because desperate is almost a human, a humanizing element oh. to something. You know what I'm saying? Like it's pitiful. And oh, he is pitiful. Yeah. I was going to ask you this. Did you see Steve Bannon? Did you see on this podcast there's a video? No. What did he say? He, he, oh, you got to you got to see it. He, he said something like, uh, "Let's move on," or you know, like it was so ridiculous even to him. Yeah, I can't remember exactly what he said. It was very brief. He says it's stupid. He, he says even Steve Bannon thinks Trump's NFT sale is stupid and called for everyone involved to be spi- exactly. to be fired. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. You got to you got to see that. And then I saw a woman. I don't know where. I don't know if it was OAN or whatever. And she was like, "Oh." He's gonna. He's, this is gonna be good. This is gonna be in like pretend prior to you know Trump outing the the the, the, the NFT. So it, it, when and when it was shown, it was like oh you just seen her face just dropped. You know what I'm saying? It was like so ridiculous even to her. And I'm sure that there's people within that that he was counting on. I'm sure that they they said oh this is this is it. This is you know. People in the news or people in the, you know, like Fox. I, I haven't, I've been looking for anything on Fox News, but I've seen Steve Bannon and he's just, oh my God, he just said, let's move on. Let's, let's, let's change to another subject, in other words, because it was so ridiculous. Yeah. But um, we'll see what happens. But all I know is this it takes a lot of money 
to run for office, and he just did himself in. I can't see polls going up no. because of this big reveal. As far as, like I said, back to DeSantis. DeSantis is going to gain by all this, you know. Yeah, well, and and here's the thing. Like, I get that he's, that, you know, folks are like, you know what? The, even the fact that Steve Bannon is like, I can't put up with this anymore, whatever his tact is going to be on this. It, it, they They still have no... Ability, no self reflection, no, uh, uh, you know, with uh, of saying, you know, we like we made a mistake with this guy. They're still like, Uh, you know, they shouldn't have let this guy be president. Yeah, you made a good point. What you said prior to to us talking, and that is Rubio and Cruz. Look at all the things he said about both of them. Those guys don't have yeah. any cojones left. No. Those guys, they, they don't have any cojones left. No. Trump's got them in his, in his, in his pocket. All, all of them. Yeah. All of them said he should not be president. Rand Paul, Paul Ryan, oh, yeah. Ted Cruz, they all said that he shouldn't be president. And, uh, yeah. Oh, come to think of it, Mitch McConnell and yes. what's the other guy? Ken McCarthy. Yeah. 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 yeah, McCarthy. McCarthy, you know, he said it. So all these leaders... And they just, like you said, you, they don't have any self-reflection. They, they, it's just nothing. No, no. No. They should never. Uh, they're all culpable in this. Um, but they'll yeah, never take yeah, responsibility. Right. Nope. And, and, you know, and I've always said this. Once Trump came in, there is no Republican Party. Do you consider them a party? I don't. Like Oops, sorry. <laughs> it's a cult. It really is. There's there's no getting around it. And, and I think... Uh, <laughs> And I just don't know how to help people shake loose from it. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna swing to the next vine, which will be DeSantis. And someone just texted in that uh, that hold on a second. Their parents, uh, her mother, their mother in law and father in law says that DeSantis is a sweet talker. It's really easy to fall for this guy. Uh, they don't. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, does, does DeSantis seem like a sweet talker? Oh. Okay, I don't know. They pour a whole bunch of chocolate syrup on that for for him to seem like a sweet talker. There's no way. Well, anyway. (laughs) You know, and then I'm going to close it with this. You you had a program uh, about a week or two weeks ago, I don't remember, and you were talking about hatred. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't hide it. I hate this guy. I hate what he did to our kids. You have kids. Yeah. And I have kids of the same age. I hate to what he did to, to the future of this country and and uh, and the and the youth of this country. And I he he did, he destroyed a lot of things that that these kids are going to pay for in money money wise and the things that 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 he that he that he did. Yeah, I agree. I, I I do. I hate everything. I hate everything he did. I someone was was uh, tweeting. When did you first start hating Trump? And I I know the moment for me. And I had to look at the year. It was nineteen ninety six, nineteen ninety seven. It was a Latina Miss uh, Miss America and then Miss Universe. And he called her chunky. Uh, called her all kinds oh, yeah. of names. I oh, yeah. I was out. I was like this. Don't use the words. Oh, really? Oh, I mean, yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I was done in the 90s. I, I didn't I didn't know who he was until that moment. And I'm like, this jerk? And then I learned more about what he did with the uh, the Central Park Five and uh, everything. I, I've never understood the appeal of him. When he got his own show, I'm like, why? Why? When they, when I have a, there's a video. If you go to YouTube, you should be able to find Patty Vasquez and Trump Tower. I was yelling at the building from across oh, the river. Yeah. yeah, I was yeah. yelling. I was, you know, just yelling at it and go, basically go back where you came from. 
I'm like, we don't need that here. And I did interview people on the street and some people liked it. And I was like, what? I couldn't like some people just think it's cool. And that's yeah, sure. Whatever. I don't, I never got it. I never got it. I never I don't I don't get it. They just I've never understood. But yes, he called the, the one of the pageant uh, contestants and I believe she won. I believe she went on to win Miss Universe. He called her chunky and all kinds of names. I think he called wow. her Orca, like a whale. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That, all right. That's, well, when, that's when I started hating him. Hey, are you working next week, too? Uh, yeah, I'll be here next week. And thank you for asking. I will be here on Christmas Eve with Elliot Serrano and, wait for it, special guest, Griffin. My son's going to join us on the air. All right. All yeah, right. Griffin's going to be right. on the air with us. Yep. Well, let me let you go so somebody else can talk. All, all right. right. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. Thank you. Have a nice weekend. Take care, Roosevelt. Let me take a break here. I'll take uh, Mirna when we come back. In just a moment, we're driving it home on WCPT. And I have to remind you about our sponsors. Thank you to Minocqua Brewing for making these conversations possible. Kids above all. And our friend Warren Price at European U.S. Car Service on Broadway near Irving. And coming up on Monday, we are excited to be giving away some gift cards from Gindo's Hot Sauce. Uh, we have big news for the final two weeks of the year. Thanks to Mary and Chris Gindo, Ginder of Gindo Spice of life in St. Charles. We'll be wrapping up 2022 with hot sauce. Beginning on Monday, I'll have a Gindo's gift card to give away, $50 gift card to give away each day on the show through the end of the year. With that. So it's going to be a total of 10 gift cards for lucky driving at home listeners. And by the way, go to my Facebook page. I haven't had a chance to talk about this either, but boot tights. We have a promo going for boot tights. They Aren't those the best? I'm, Lady B, Lady B just, like, just shot out of her chair. She's like, yes, the boot tights. Love the boot so we have a special deal for our our fans on uh, Pat, the Patty Vasquez show page. So make sure you get the, the deal. They're great. They're great gifts. I think they also have some buy one get one freeze going right now too. Just saying. Go get yours. More in a moment. Chicago's Progressive Talk WCPT eight twenty where facts matter. Patty Vasquez is taking your calls now. At 773-763-9278. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Now on WCPT 820. We are taking your calls. And let's get to Mirna. I'm wondering if Don will hang on till I get on the phone. When it, because we'll have Mike Crowley uh, talking about movies. And maybe we can talk to Don about those as well. Let me take a... Uh, oh, why is someone calling? There's so many things happening right now. Hey, Mirna, what's on your mind, my friend? Hi, Alicia Machado is the contestant that yes. she uh, represented uh, Venezuela that year. She has been much more successful than he has. Uh, she has been in several novelas uh, <laughs> as an actor, been a presenter in different programs on Telemundo and Univision. And last year she won, she was the winner of the, uh, I forget which network, I think it was Telemundo, uh, their version of Big Brother. And her, it was the, Celebrity um, VIP Big Brother version. Oh, I so didn't know that. Doing, yeah, she's doing pretty well, uh, you know, considering how he was a jerk to her, but it only made her stronger. You know, that's what she keeps saying whenever she's interviewed and they bring it up. But uh, like I said, she's been more successful than he is. <laughs> and everyone is just jealous about this uh, Trump situation. Uh, the only negative thing I have to say about it is uh, they put the wrong letter. He put the wrong letter on that one card where he's wearing the hero uh, outfit. He's got a T on his chest. It should be an L for loser. And um, it should be, instead of superhero, it should be, should be super zero. 
and everyone's jealous because you have to give this guy credit. The money, basically, in my opinion, is a way of getting funds ready for his uh, attorney fees. He's using this right now. Oh, is that what it is? Time to me, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Look at his timing. He's yep. doing it right before Christmas. He knows he has a bunch of morons who would be willing to pay that money. They'll forego paying their utilities and their rent just to get those because they think it's so cool. And he's doing it at Christmas because, hey, those will be great, really great Christmas gifts. So let's get it now. So he's got it. You know, it, it, it's all he's been doing the planning for quite a while, like I said, in my opinion. Getting it done for Christmas gets more of a, an approval rating for the morons that follow him. He's pretty much going to get more response from them this way. He's going to say, you know, it's just for fun, but basically, you know, it's a way to just set himself up for what he knows he knows is coming his way. And that's, like I said, that's my opinion. No. Don't yeah. be jealous because you didn't think of something like that, Patty. Okay? <laughs> NFTs? I didn't think of NFT. Um, some people made a lot of money. I, You know, it's like one of these things where I just went, I don't get any of this. I don't get uh, crypto th- T- currency. I didn't get, you know, NFTs. Uh, you know, you see these things on TikTok where people are talking about how they make passive income by, I don't know, being some some sort of like placeholder for Amazon, like all these different things. I'm like, oh, what is happening? I mean, God bless the people who are making money, uh, you know, and, and I guess Trump decided to jump on this crazy train. But yeah, I don't. Yes. I, there's a lot of things I didn't think of. Yep. Wait, what do you mean jump on it? He, he's the one. He's the one who's uh, commandeering it. He's a he's an engineer on that crazy train. He's not jumping on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I was, yeah, the, of, of the NFTs. Yes, he decided to connect his crazy train to the NFT crazy train, and then just streamroll. That's let's see what other train he jumps on. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. And have you noticed something about it's annoying because I remember when Republicans were actually Republicans. Now the new ones, they're they're all doing the same thing. They're all saying one thing. And then when they get elected, they do the opposite of what they said they were going to do. Because, I mean, DeSantis was always during COVID. All he kept saying was, make sure you get your shot. Make sure you get that shot. And now he's criticizing uh, uh, Fucci, you know, saying that he's a liar, that he didn't know what he was doing. And uh, and then he started uh, talking against getting it, that it's your choice, that you shouldn't have to take the shot. And that was after he became popular. And uh, what's his name? Um, well, Cruz has always been a liar, so I, I won't even go there. But Rubio, he's another one. He said, you know, he was... Uh, He's so adamant about things, and then once things go well for him, he goes against everything that he said he was for. Right, right. So it's just become... Yeah, so, they're such hypocrites. I've got to run. I just realized it's a news time. I, I, I'm so sorry, Myrna. I've got to run. <laughs> thank you for bye, calling. Bye, bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's take a break here. We'll get your news, traffic, weather. Uh, more after this on WCPT. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Basket on WCPT 820. Hey, hey, for the last hour of the show, 
Let's make it light. Uh, we've got Mike Crowley from YPA Reviews. You'll probably agree reviews. You can go to YPA.com. And if you're watching us on Facebook, you can take a look at Mike. We've only I think we've had you in one other time. Uh, yeah, it was up, man. It was like a few months ago or something. Yeah. I can't remember. What, what movie were we talking about? I think uh, we were talking about The Batman. That was it. We were talking about, yeah. Yeah. Not Batman, but The Batman. Is it The Batman? No, The Dark Knight's best Batman movie. But <laughs> The Batman is Kevin Conroy. Rest in peace. Oh, yeah. there you go. I, there, I, which one? Who's Kevin Conroy? He's from? the uh, guy who voices Batman in the oh, animated series. And has been doing right. it for years and years and years. Yeah. That's great. Uh, so before we get to your list of the top movies of 2022, Dan, uh, I'm sorry, Don from Bridgeport has a movie suggestion. Hey, Don, what's on your mind? The uh, Greatest Beer Run Ever is the name of the movie. Greatest beer run ever, Mike. Oh, oh, sorry. Can you hear? Oh, I can't hear. <laughs> uh, they're not on? Uh, I don't think this one is plugged Here, in. If you can find the plug over there. So, best beer run ever. Oh, and yeah. Donna say is a great movie. Greatest, you know, I've heard mixed things about it. I'm not sure. Here, um, see, see this hole over here? Just plug that right in that hole. Right, but look right here? Yep, there you go. Ah, here we Boom. go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about sorry that, about Donna. That. I couldn't hear you. <laughs> awesome. Can you hear now? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, the greatest beer run ever. I haven't seen it, but I remember seeing. That's like with Russell Crowe, right? You know, I it's, I don't know all the actors name. Bill Murray's in it though. He's plays an old man. Oh, he's an older gentleman now, but he's an old man bartender in a neighborhood, and it's about a kid back in the sixties, like nineteen sixty-seven, growing up in a neighborhood, and his buddies are all in Vietnam and drinking more nighties. So I'm going to bring them all a beer. Oh, I see. He goes over there on a merchant marine ship, and he brings a beer to all his friends over there. And it's based, I guess, on a true story, which is crazy. But this uh, kid who did it was a merchant mariner, so he went over there and brought his friends. He would find his friends in different towns. And, they're, you know, you can imagine how funny it would be when they're like, what the heck are you doing here? (laughs) Right. I brought you a beer. You see, I should have seen this movie because my uh, show takes place, like, in a bar. Because there's no better place to sort of, like, talk to people about movies or anything like in a bar. Because everyone's sort of, like, on an equal level. And there's not a level of elitism attached to film criticism. But that's actually one I did want to check out. I just remember when I saw the poster. I think I saw Russell Crowe on it. And it just reminded me of South Park. Where there was some episode where he would just go around in, like, a boat that would talk to him that hated him. And he would just get in (laughs) random fights with people. He just, like beat him up and stuff like that and it like came out around the time he threw a phone at a hotel employee <laughs> so like that was the, that was the first thing that popped in my mind when i saw that movie or saw yeah. the poster i just thought of like fighting around the world <laughs> yeah. well i'll have to check it out i've i've uh, i've heard mixed reviews as well but i'm curious about it because i love russell crowe yeah and just yeah, for the bar atmosphere is perfect <laughs> Last Christmas, I did recommend 8-Bit Christmas. I don't know if you ever saw that one yet. Yeah, I did. I, I think we talked about it last year. Oh, you did? How was 8-Bit Christmas? I liked it. Now, it was it was a fun, especially for Gen Xers like me. It, was it like Pixels or something like that, where they had to like fight life-size video game, like movie characters or stuff like that? And remind Don, remind me what 8-Bit was, 8-Bit Christmas. Because I, I remember enjoying it. Uh, a guy wanted to get a Nintendo really bad when he was a kid. He was telling his daughter about the story. Oh, yeah. How, how hard he had to work to get the, you know, to get to Nintendo. Moral of the story is he doesn't get it from his parents for Christmas. He goes, "Oh no, I got a job and earned my own money and got it." And <laughs> <laughs> trying to get it was amazing. And the parents were like, "No, you didn't. That stuff's going to ruin your brain. You can't have that." <laughs> it was 
here we are today playing video games. I think there, there's a show, The Last of Us, is coming out on HBO. That's based on a video game. Oh, really? And the showrunner was like getting choked up talking about one of the main scenes, which I won't give away what happens in the game. But it's like the catalyst for Joel and the whole story, and Joel's the protagonist in it. But yeah, it's funny. Like with video game stuff, it's like there are generations of like adults who grow up on it now, yeah. who like will play video games like in front of their children. And yeah, there's one video game movie I actually like that is critically hated, but it's the Super Mario Brothers movie. Oh God, from the '90s. Oh, yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Hodgkins. Uh, yeah, Bob Hoskins. with Bob Hoskins and uh, John Leguizamo, and he plays Mario, Mario, and this is Brother Luigi Mario, and it was nothing like. <laughs> Like the games at all, but it was just so crazy and wild and sort of imaginative that I liked the different spin that it had as a kid. But now they're actually having a live act or a cartoon version of the of the game for a movie coming out, just with the same title, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't remember seeing that, but I remember when it came out. Thanks for calling, Don. Take care. Bye. Have a great weekend. Uh, so let's do a couple movies. Let's do at least a couple before we go to another break. Uh, we are sitting down with Mike Crowley, our film critic, and he's got his top. What are we doing? The top ten? We, yeah, we, we, we are doing top ten. I don't know where we landed, but I literally am about to like post it on my site, and I'm just <laughs> like, I could post it now, but I haven't like thought like I could have written something that looked like I you know passed out and my head hit yeah, the look- keyboard, <laughs> you know. So I want to make sure it doesn't look horrible <laughs> before I actually publish. It, but no, I finally was able to get down to my top 10 in what order they were in. Okay, let's go. All right, so number 10 is uh, it's a good thing we wait till next week because this ended up getting on the list, and it was between this and Tar, but it was Avatar, The Way really? of Water. Yeah. Okay. Not because it's like a fantastic movie, because, you know, it's like the other Avatar film and any James Cameron film where it plays by the conventions. You know, James Cameron, more than anything, is a magician and an entertainer, and The Way of Water is pretty magical because they they do this thing called HFR, this high frame, frame rate ratio. So, like, all the action scenes will be at 40 frame, 48 frames per second, which, like, it, yeah, it looks faster than usual, but it doesn't blur at all when you see anything. So, you get to really just take in every detail of the underwater world okay. of Pandora. And what are the things that people don't like about it? Because I've, I've heard mixed reviews about it. Um, probably because it's like the same sort of like plot you've seen in any one, any movie where it's sort of a revenge, you know, it's like a bad guy revenge plot, which I actually liked about it. And, you know, it, it it's probably, you know, it's made by like a white guy and he kind of, the first one kind of had this whole white savior thing where Sam Worthington came into the world of Pandora and he became one of them and he was the one who sort of helped them defend their towns very like dances with wolvish. Uh, okay. This one, I don't know what people would have specifically a problem with in terms of the, uh, of the politics of it. But then again, I'm as a white guy, not in the best position. Oh, is there, to try is to there break. controversy over the racial makeup of the film? Or? I think so. There, there's a uh, Chicago critic who was very vocal about it, like on Twitter. He's like, I didn't write a review for Avatar, but instead I just wrote, you know, what I didn't like about it. So, I mean, in, in that aspect, sure, I get it. Like, I'm not the right guy in the position to really be talking about that sort of thing. But, I mean, to me, I, it felt like this movie was like three hours plus. Right. But it's like you're sitting in a, th- like, can we think of any movie compared to Avatar that was in 3D that really stuck out for its 3D? Not really. And The Way of Water is an upgrade of that, where it'll do those 48 frames per second, but then it'll slow down to 24, which is the speed in which we see our movies 
uh, since the beginning of time, really, or until you know, we want to go back and they had movies moving at like 16 frames per second and we slow them down later. But this movie uses the 3D technology in a way where you have to see it on the big screen and it has to be an experience because seeing it at home, like maybe you could get something close to that if you have a 3D enabled television with glasses, but otherwise it's going to look like a video game, which immediately the game does look a little bit like at times, but considering the technology behind it, I can give it a pass. And just for the experience alone, it's worth that. So then for number nine, I'm on Babylon, which was directed by Tame Damien Chazelle. And I have to say, eat your heart out, Boz Lerman. This movie is like The Great Gatsby if it was directed with heart, soul, and emotion. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's again, and there's a lot of three-hour movies this year. And this one's another three-hour uh, job that doesn't feel like three hours because you get to see the rise and fall of these three people in the industry and you see sort of the evil in the, of the industry and you would think if this takes place during like the 1930s or, or I would say the late 20s transitioning into the 30s when the talkies begin and it's a film about the history of cinema and even if you're not like a nerd of the history of cinema you'll definitely get it with the ending which is absolutely fantastic uh Number eight is All the Beauty and the Bloodshed. If you've never heard of the Sackler family... I'm sorry, that's the name of the movie is All the Beauty and the Bloodshed? Yeah, okay. it's a documentary. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I probably should have mentioned that part. That's all right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but it's a documentary about this uh, photographer. Her name is Nan Golden. She was a New York City photographer who would use her sexuality as sort of the the catalyst for her work. You know, she'd photograph herself during having, let's say, fun time. And, you know, she got a lot of flack for it. But how her personal life relates to the Sackler family, who was basically the family who's made money off of all the opioids that are produced in the market. It's a movie where basically she's trying to take them down because the opioid epidemic ended up affecting people in her life. And seeing her to it. It's like this weird hypnotic experience you really enjoy. They just show the photographs from her life while she's narrating it, but they do it at such a pace where it's not like the same thing you usually see. You feel like you're sort of like in the middle of a dream. Sure. And in between that, you get to the harsh reality where she's taking on the Sackler family, removing their name from various exhibits, like, you know, the Guggenheim and stuff like that. And as we watch her journey, it kind of questions how do we teach sexuality? Are we sexually repressed as an American society? Uh, why do we still keep giving money to these billionaires who destroy our lives and get away with it? And yeah, sort of the, the way the movie develops itself through its structure is really what hooks you on it. And it's more of an experience to be seen than to be spoken about. But number seven was The Banshees of Innis Sharon, which stars uh, Colin Farrell. I so want to see this movie. Yeah, it's the most Irish movie you'll ever see in it, your life. That's how Adam Burke, and Adam Burke is from Ireland. He says it's the most <laughs> Irish movie he's ever seen. Yeah, I've had Burke on my show once before, and we, we were talking about a movie called The 49th Parallel, which was a, a fictional tale about a group of Nazis who ended up getting stranded in the middle of Canada, and they had to, like, fight their way out of there but um the banshees of inner sharon it's really about how brendan gleason is this guy who doesn't want to talk to this younger man played by colin farrell who's his friend because to him he's just too stupid for him and he wants to just <laughs> write music 
and Sorry. be remembered that way. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, I'm but no, that, that's what's so funny about it. It's like we love it. It makes so much sense because I think we've all had that friend where it's like, you know, I like you as a person, but, but I'm done. I'm like, yeah, I'm not spending any quality time or learning anything new. I'm just having the same boring, dumb conversations again and again and again. And it's like I want to be remembered for something after I die. So he writes this music and he takes his, but but Colin Farrell can't handle it. He can't handle him writing his music. So what he does is like he keeps bothering Brendan Gleeson and in retaliation Brendan Gleeson's like I'm going to chop off one finger and I'm going to deliver to your house for every time you try to talk his to me. His own fingers? Yeah, his oh, own no. fingers, yeah. So it gets it gets crazy, but it's very restrained and held back. Mark and McDonough, he's the guy who did three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, okay. Yeah, and that movie is uh, really over the top when it comes to like its opinion of small town America. Everyone's just basically beating each other to a pulp and you know yelling racist stuff, which you know maybe that's not a, an exact representation of the South, but definitely for like you know the more mega crowd of the South sure. it is you know. <laughs> but no, this one kind of makes you question you and your relationship with other people, and do you are you either Colin Farrell's like why why can't you just be nice to me, or the other guy where you feel like oh yeah there are people my life I can get rid of so it's sort of a it's sort of an argument for being elitist in a way but well it's, yeah. a, it's an argument for how do you want to spend your time i mean because I, I dated a boy let's call him derek he was so sweet yeah but like he just wasn't interested he wasn't uh invested in social issues like one lady b went this boy was beautiful and but i just remember one time he goes you don't really think racism exists do you Ooh. And I was like, okay. Was like, what is happening? Oh, God. I was like, yeah. So it's a. <laughs> but in this movie, though, the other element to it is that they are in a small town. So everybody yeah. knows about this and they're mad at him for not being nice to Colin Farrell anymore, right? Yeah, because you can't just go to a different bar or something like that. They right. all have like the same local pub that he goes to. He has to see him every day. And that's always awkward when they're. It's, it's kind of like a work environment where you see the same person there. Like, all you can do is like see him and nod or something. Exactly. But like, yeah, Colin Farrell won't have it. He's like, no, I don't get why he won't talk to me. It's like, <laughs> I just told you, you're dull. It's like, so? That's so funny. <laughs> let's, uh, let's take a break here. We are, uh, that's the third movie you, you've uh, told us about, right? I think. Uh, let's see. I went through number 10, 9, 8, and 7. So next will be number 6. All right. Let's take a break here and find out what number 6 is. On WCPT 820, we're hanging out with Mike Crowley from YPAReviews.com. Go to mm-hmm. YPA. A, reviews.com. You'll probably agree. Reviews. Yeah. That's what it stands for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> WCPT Replay. I am joined by Rex Hupke, USA Today columnist. Rex, you know, you pay attention to a lot of the political happenings in this country. What do you think of Ron DeSantis? Is he the new JFK? <laughs> JFK. Wow. <laughs> I've heard that's what Republicans who like him think. USA Today, Suffolk and USA Today have a poll out that showed that uh, by two to one, GOP and GOP leaning voters want somebody besides Trump. So what you're what they're talking about right now is, OK, we see the error of our ways. We will move past Trump and instead put a infinitely less likable character in to do the same stuff that everybody just rejected. I mean, it's just absolutely bananas. Keep listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. 
We have uh, time for one more before the uh, 6.30 break, and then we'll do the rest of Mike Crowley's list. So what's at number six? Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, okay. which I think we talked about this we last week. About, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you lost a couple of your top ten since we last talked. <laughs> I, I, I probably have, yeah, or I rearranged tar. them. You had Tar and you had Fableman's already by now, I think. Oh, well, Fableman's is on there still. Okay. Oh, you moved but, it up maybe. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Tar was the one that ended up getting replaced with Avatar. Gotcha. So. How funny. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you like Pinocchio. I've heard good things about this movie. Yeah, because it's it's a Pinocchio story made for adults. And I, if you told me a Pinocchio story made for adults, I'm like, what is that, like a porno or something? But no, it's actually, uh, it's Pinocchio. It takes place during World War II. Uh, we have uh, Benito Mussolini's in it. And yeah, it's basically uh, Pinocchio in a World War II era sort of uh, story. And it's takes all the themes that we remember from the classic tale, but it in reinvigorates them and makes them much more emotional and much more relative. Um, like, for instance, Geppetto isn't just a nice guy who builds the doll. He's lost his son in his life, and in order to bring that son back, he you know, builds Pinocchio out of the wood during one night when he was like just getting hammered, and that's how Pinocchio came to be, and then he had to learn how to accept Pinocchio as he is, rather than just trying to be like his deceased son. And that's what really made it work so much more. Was that also this, a similar story that the Tom Hanks version was, or no? The Tom Hanks version was just a copy and paste of like the 1940 original Disney film, but made in live action, and it looks awful. It looks like they they just slapped together the CGI at the last like at the last minute. Like for instance, if you've ever seen Die Another Day, there's a scene where Pierce Brosnan is writing like a big blue CGI wave and it looked like that during the whale sequence of that film it was bad like just everything about that movie it's like that was not that was done by Robert Zemeckis too who did Back to the Future and all those movies and that was not his best work all right, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> but he, Robert Zemeckis has had kind of a dry spell. Am I? I yeah. love Robert Zemeckis, but I liked Welcome to uh, Mad. Was it Welcome to Madawan? I know which one you're talking about. I didn't see it because I just like heard negative things about it. I'm like, well, I don't want to see that. But yeah, he he did that. I mean, I think like the last one he made that I really liked was Flight. Where uh, oh, it's that, so good. Yeah. Yes. yes. I mean, it's not a dry spell, just, you know, it's just hit or, hit or miss, right? Yeah, I mean, he, he's always sort of been, not always been hit or miss, he, but, you know, throughout the years, there's definitely a lot of misses. Like, he, when he did, I don't think The Polar Express is his best movie. I know a lot of people really like that film, and honestly, that's awesome if you do. I just didn't feel like there was any story or character or change to any one of that movie other than, oh, look, pretty Christmas colors. And that's, like, the whole movie. I'm like, okay, well, I need something more than pretty Christmas colors to catch my attention. Well, I have something for the kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it, and it seemed it's like got it was sweet sentiment so, too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I got to see it again fresh because, like, honestly, I've always seen it like bits and pieces here. And Warner Brothers actually sent sent me like a nice Blu-ray of it, oh, or nice. our 4K UHD of it. So I now have a 4K player. I have a PS5, guys. I got my birthday gift, eh, or my Christmas gift. Oh, that's whatever. <laughs> but yeah. All right. So Pinocchio is your number six. So we'll take yeah. we'll take a break here in a moment. Um, but our how many of these movies so far that you've done from 6 to 10 are available streaming yet? Do you happen to know? I think Pinocchio um, is Pinocchio now available. Pinocchio is definitely streaming. Uh, Banshees, I don't think is streaming yet. Nor Beauty and the Bloodshed. Avatar is in theaters now. Um, and this is the kind of movie that we'll even do as well on... Uh, streaming because it's, it requires like the the bigger louder. You need it, yeah. Because uh, like if you have like a like a seventy inch television with three D, maybe right. then you know. Right. But I, I don't. I don't have that kind of TV. 
Yeah, <laughs> me neither. I finally broke down during the pandemic and bought a, because I had a 32-inch deep tube television I had bought in 2001. Wow. And I finally just replaced it during the pandemic uh, like a year and a half ago because it was time. Yeah. It, it was, well, they it was don't even, make those anymore. No, they don't. <laughs> I even had like the corner of the picture was starting to like turn, like the tube wasn't entirely lit up. And, yeah. like, it was at like purple in the corners. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. But my family, and look, it was it was still working. We, we weren't, uh, we, but at any rate, now we have a nicer one, but not a 70 inch with a high, high def yeah. or 3D or surround sound or all that yeah. stuff. But I love those older televisions. You know, like old video games particularly look great on them, but also they were like those kind of TVs, like if it wasn't working, you could just smack the side of it, and then it would do what it was supposed to do. I still don't understand what was happening there. Yes, it's absolutely true. All right, let's take a break here. I'm going to do traffic. Uh, also, folks, if you were wondering about whiskey and a cookie, I'm going to launch that in just a moment. Adam Seltzer will be hosting. i got to see if uh, Elliot or anybody else. Otherwise, it's just going to be poor Adam on there. So hopefully, uh, let me see, Ez and Elliot. All right, let me take a break here. We'll do traffic and come back with our friend, Mike Crowley, who's in studio reviewing news. This is WCPT 820, where you can hear the Stephanie Miller Show every weekday, 8 to 11 a.m., because facts matter. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. My friend Marty, he wants to split the party. He wants blue folks in red states to vote green. I can see his point, though I really gotta say, no, we can't have another 2016. It seems nothing beats orange, nothing even freaking rhymes with it. What's a battered nation supposed to do? His royal orange highness, he does love to divide us. We gotta stick together and vote blue. When I recycle, I'm green, green as green can be. I do my level right. best. Yes, it's true. As uh, Mike Crowley in studio watches me multitask and run two shows at once. That's a lot, Mike. It's pretty much what I do every time. Yeah, every day. Just kind of crazy. All right, we've done our top, your top four movies, I mean, your six through ten, which uh, were Avatar, uh, the, uh, I'm not going to remember. Avatar, Babylon, oh, All yes. the Beauty and the Bloodshed, The Banshees of Inna Sharon. Uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Excellent. And then at number five yes. is, well, surprise, surprise, from the Spielberg fan, the Fablemans. <laughs> but I keep saying it, if anyone's ever earned their right to make a movie about their life, it's Steven Spielberg. And what separates this movie, because like, this movie is like, or this movie, I'm sorry, this year is like the year where every filmmaker is making a movie about their lives. Like James Gray came out with Armageddon Time, Sam Mendes came out with Empire of Light, and now this one came out with Fablemans. But what makes so Fableman stand out from those movies is the heart that Steven Spielberg has. People always criticize him for being overly sentimental, but his movies are always, they're sweet, but they're not shallow. Right. And the Fablemans is a perfect example of that, where the uh, mother poses, a very, without spoiling anything, the mother poses a very troubling question to uh, the main character, Sam, who's like young Steven Spielberg, and how he handles it and the hand, and the way the families handle sort of their problems is very telling of a Spielberg film where you see people act their best when the moment is at the worst for them. So, yeah, for that alone, it's definitely worth checking out. If you're a cinephile, you'll love the movie. There's a great nod to uh, John John Huston, who you know was a very sure. famous director. Yeah, yeah. Treasure and, of Sierra Madre. I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it's Treasure of Sierra Madre. I think that was that his last one. I know he made that one with his dad, and he made that with Bogey. 
Uh, but that, that's an excellent one that he made. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they have that. There's a not to the like the first movie he sees as a kid is the greatest show on earth, and wait, wait, wait. I got it. Charlton Heston. Uh, yeah, he is in that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, so he sees a scene from uh, the greatest uh, show on earth, which is and, not a great movie. Yeah, I've never seen it. I, I this is like the the clip I saw in the Fablemans is sort of like my introduction to that film, uh-huh. and then yeah, the, the, like what. Really scares him as a kid as he sees like the train crash. The train wreck. Yep. Yeah. No spoilers for Greatest Show on Earth. Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, kidding. I know it's a. It's it, from the fifties. I think. Yeah, yeah. Like at that point, who cares? Spielberg spoiled the ending of that movie in the beginning of his. So as Steve That's can so do funny. it. Yeah, yes. I can do it. But yeah, like he, what, like you get to sort of see how film shapes Spielberg as a person and how it shapes his empathy for other people. And there's a lot of complicated elements of his family, family's life, if they're true. You know, I got to give him credit for showing that truth because, like, his mom is a good person, but she's not well mentally. And they show that, and it's not just all about crazy mom. Like, she's loving. She's not like the mom in Blonde who's just straight up insane. Mm-hmm. You know, she she's someone who wants to do right by her kids. And you can tell that Steven Spielberg really has sort of a good heart and a good spirit. Sometimes too much of a good heart and good spirit when he took George Lucas's suggestions for space for space aliens to be added in Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. But <laughs> That's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> what is your favorite Spielberg movie before we do the next four? Oh, um, this got to be, it's a tie between AI, artificial intelligence, which is like a very overlooked one, and Schindler's List. But okay. I guess I guess Saving Private Ryan would really be my favorite if I really think about it. Man, that opening 20 minutes. Was it 23 minutes of just yeah. nonstop? Uh, yeah. Wow. Storming the beach. And wow, it's a lot. It's well, a, it is a good movie. We, I've only seen it twice. Once when it came out, and then I wanted to watch it with my son. Uh, so, yeah, we watched it for a, a Memorial Day one year. Yeah. It's a great and, movie. And veterans never saw combat depicted that way in cinema before. And they'd be, like, walking out of the theater crying and things yeah. of that nature. And, yeah, I mean, that that's a movie that you can only create once. And everyone's trying to copy what Private Ryan did cinematically. Like every war film is handheld now. Everyone's getting blown to bits, but they don't yeah. have that feeling the D-Day sequence had, as you see it in Private Ryan, because it goes from an old man looking in his grave to bam, you know, people getting just wiped out, yeah. like by the German infantry in the beginning, and and even the characters are enough to you know really make you care throughout the whole film. What did you think about the uh, use of like just dropping in a little bit of color, like the little I think it's a little girl's dress, right? Oh, like the, the, the red flower. color, yeah. the red dress in Schindler's List, yeah. yeah. And all that was like pre-Sin City, right? But I can't believe I tried tied Schindler's List to Sin City, but But still I, it was, yeah. it was, it was inter- like some people did well, anyway, I love Schindler's List. I think it's a great movie. I think it it was impactful for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And here we are again with people denying that the Holocaust ever happened or yeah. diminishing the uh just the horrors the tragedy the catastrophe of it anyway yeah and um, we had an anti-semitic president who exactly. right. go around and, and encourage stuff like okay. that because we, he just wanted people to like him yeah it's crazy <laughs> all right so we've got what's uh number three then? all right so then at number uh four, four is sorry. no that's okay i got confused i was like oh is that is uh till and i didn't think i was gonna oh, add, emma about till, about movie. emma till's mom and on and about emma till yeah but like this movie i i remember when i saw the previews and everything i'm going Look, this looks like a story that should be told, but it looks like 
Hollywood Oscar bait in a way where, you know, you'll have the big sentimental speech, you know, my son was this and it and all. like you don't you don't really get that. Like, yeah, it plays the same tune as an Oscar film, but it's structured in a way where it doesn't come off like that. Like the way they play the scenes out, how the mother has to handle the, the death of her son and how she has to rise to the occasion, showing everyone what happened in that casket, you know, too. Cause remember yeah. she had an open casket funeral and how she gets there is a fascinating journey. And I really have to give all the credit in the world to, to, uh, Daniel Deadweiler, I think you say is D-A-D-E-A-D-W-Y-L-E-R. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but she has to give like every range of emotion because this is a woman who just lost her kid. And, you know, they basically took, you know, they mutilated and murdered her son. And it's funny, like we have people today who still have that crazy mom mentality who would do that. And oh, yeah. just re- reflecting a mirror today is a reason to see Till alone. And, yeah, I mean, Danielle's performance is just stunning, and she'll definitely be a shoo-in for the Oscar for Best Actress. Yeah, that's uh, that's amazing. And the uh, is this a, do you know if this is the first time there's been a movie about Emmett Till? I find it hard to believe that this is the yeah. first time. Is it? I don't know if this is the first time. I'm so. sure there are other ones, but like really none. I I'd have to look like because there might have been, but not one distributed as wide as this. Like they were maybe on television or something like that. Because just like the first movie that I remember that that started to touch. Or even scratch the surface of what we went through with civil rights and addressing the uh, horrors again of uh, lynchings and things like that um, was Mississippi Burning was my first. Mm, yeah, I know yeah. that one very yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was the first one, and and it had, but it also had that white savior element to it mm-hmm. as well, right? We have, it's yeah, it like Willem Dafoe was sort of like that in a way. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. They don't have that in this movie. This one's about his mother and and about the community around her. So luckily, it doesn't have any of that in there. What right. you really get is a realistic account of how this woman was you know basically she was literally putting her life on the line by having an open casket funeral for her son and man when they get to the casket scene they they do what they're supposed to do and it hits hard because well i i you could probably guess what i'm referring to but, right but they but and i think they also published the photos of uh, emmett till didn't they i, I, like I think they, so they, yeah. Think so, yeah yeah because like on the casket they have like pictures of him for how he was before and then like what he looks like what he looks like the she, elephant man you she know she wanted them to know what they had done to her son yeah yeah she wanted yeah. the world to know i mean like when you you see that moment like there are people and the, like there were there was someone sitting by me when i was seeing it who like like got visibly angry when he saw that and you know they're like god if anyone did anything like that to my kid you know and that that that's why that movie works you know <sighs> yeah, right. it's, a, it's a heavy one but and then for just as heavy as a film <laughs> number three is woman talking which this is a wonderful ensemble piece it stars Rooney Mara Clu- or Rooney Mara I think it's uh, enunciated Claire Foy Jesse Buckley Judith Key uh and Ben Wishaw is the one man. Oh, and of course, Francis McDormand also has a role in it. But yeah, this is a movie about these women who are in a Amish community in 2010. And they're, they've all been assaulted physically and sexually by this guy in the village. And it goes against their religion to do anything. So they have three options. You, Yeah, it's like you either stay, do nothing, or run away. Or stay and fight, do nothing, run away. 
And I'm not going to say what they decide to do in the end, but yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like it's so relatable to like even if you're in an Amish village or you're you know you're in the big world and Harvey Weinstein's your boss. It's like these things happen and they fall often to deaf ears. And this is a movie about the people who are trying to do something, but they don't know what to do. Yeah, I saw yeah. I saw a clip of it, and I I saw I heard the line, uh, you know, it's our, their religion is to forgive, mm-hmm. and I was just like, aha, you know, and, yeah. and, or leave. I, I think I remember hearing that that line. Yeah, uh, and then what an incredible cast too. Oh my I, I god, Claire yeah. Foy is amazing in this one too. She is, yeah, yeah, she's absolutely fantastic. Like she she has like one of the most emotional moments in the movie. And I mean, it is a movie to see because like I, I didn't know much about it until I saw it. And then the editing in it is fantastic. Yeah. How it goes to like someone talking about, uh, let's say, a problem that, you know, they have in the community is playing in the scene. Like you'll cut to things that they're referring to. And it does it at such a seamless pace. Like it had me like floored from beginning to end. And it's a difficult film to sit through. I would imagine. You know, but, you know, it's an important one. I mean, it did, it did a better job than uh, she said. I'll say that. Like, it was more engaging around the same subject matter. Although that, both are pretty good. Yeah, really. I look forward to seeing it. I look, I, it sounds hard. Both of them sound very hard, but I, it sound like important movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that's why I ended up seeing She Said instead of A Christmas Story Christmas, which I kind of like, in a way, it's like I would have had more fun seeing that, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, well, this is important that I see this. You right. Know? Oh, great. And it doesn't get away much. But, uh, yeah, we're getting close. So then number two is everything everywhere all at once. Yay. Yeah, that was uh, did you get to see it when Not you went yet. to oh, okay. no, I know. I wanted to see it last weekend but Griffin said he wasn't ready for it. Oh yeah, it's 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 a lot on the senses. Like this is this movie way out multiverses Marvel's multiverse. Yeah. You know, it's a film about this uh, family who works in a local laundromat who are just trying to get by but they wind up one day entering the multiverse and then Michelle Yu is famous in this universe and she's a kung fu fighter in the other one and it kind of wraps together into this beautiful humble story about a family who just you know wants to stick together and no matter what they have they have each other and you learn that less is more in the film and it's and the most incredible thing about the movie is a lot of the visual effects were done by the daniels as they call them it's two different guys named daniels dan kwan and daniel scheinert i think uh they they both uh have worked on this movie's visual effects and there's a ton of them in it where it's like i can't believe it was just like these two guys and like a team of people that did it rather than you know it looks better than all the cgi throw-up that you'll see in like doctor strange the multiverse of madness and yeah, just for his messaging alone, it's a rare message to see in movies saying, yeah, you just work in this you know, laundromat, but that's okay. Because you know what? If, if, you're, if you have your family and you're content with that, then there's nothing wrong with where you are right now. I, I agree with that 100%. I had a friend who was mad at me because I didn't move to Los Angeles. I used to like mm. travel back and forth. He's like, you're never going to make it. You know, you're never going to be you know, super successful. And I'm like, what makes you think I'm, I don't feel good where I am? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's other people's it, that pressure. Uh, I look forward to seeing that movie. We're hanging out with Mike Crowley, YPAReviews.com. You can find all of his work there. We're going to come back with the, we saw one more. Number one. With number one. See, look at how I teased that. <laughs> Hell yeah. More after this on WCPT. We're driving it home till 7. You're listening to WCPT 820 because facts matter. 
We are wrapping up with Mike Crowley. He's given us his top 10 movies of 2022. And coming in, by the way, you can go to ypareviews.com to see all of his work. What comes in for 2022? I wish I had like, some drums yeah, or something. Drums. So 2022 is not a movie from America, but rather India. It's RRR, and it's available on Netflix. What? Yeah. I haven't even, I've heard nothing about RRR. Yeah, RRR. I don't even know what the R's stand for. Okay. <laughs> but, no, this is a movie that really should be seen with a wide audience, which I was fortunate enough to see it at the Music Box Theater. And this movie is, it's an action movie, it's a comedy, it's a musical, it's an epic. Wow. Yeah. It's a lot going on. Yeah, it's a lot of flavors in one, but somehow it all works seamlessly. Like, the, the director's name is S.S. Rajamuli, I believe. I'm sure I got it wrong, but whatever. That's just what I'm good at. <laughs> but no, he, he directs this film that it's just about these two guys who are friends, and their friendship gets tested when one of the guys finds out that he's working for the guy who captured his sister, who he's trying to rescue. And yeah, it's just about the evil British Empire taking over India, and it's sort of a period piece, but it's, it's just fun. Like, I've never had more fun times seeing that with an audience in the music box theater who are clapping along to the songs. The action scenes, they have guys, like, there's like a scene where a guy's fighting a tiger in one scene and there's like another scene where uh, there's like a guy taking on like a hundred people all at once and he manages to like fight that they do something that i wish more movies would do is when they're attacking this guy they're all attacking at once it's not that thing where one person comes in he fights them and then the next person comes in and they gotta fight him they do it all at once which is stunning and from what i understand they are actually having a sequel coming in but yeah this movie proves that bollywood can be just as entertaining and epic as the big blockbusters that you see on the that are produced by hollywood would and just just for like how much fun it has been i've seen it like i think twice now this year and it gets better every time i i, I go back to because like the bigger action movies are the ones that a lot of these studios are going to do because people will go to the, the theaters to see them more likely than than stream them and I, I just i feel like digitally we've done so much harm to storytelling mm-hmm. because what and and what not just storytelling, but how we consume news, and mm-hmm. they they couldn't figure out ways to monetize things. You know, Netflix grew because they just went around Blockbuster and sent DVDs right to their homes. And you almost wish if they're going to have a special. I mean, I, I hate to say this because then Netflix will be like, "That's a great idea," and I'm sure they thought of it. But like, you know, maybe uh, you know, for a new release, you you you, you know, toss them in three bucks or four bucks mm-hmm. for a new release rather than you know, crushing the smaller films by putting them out online. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, like this movie. Movie like looks great on the big screen. It's like it's just filled with Zack Snyder like slow motion shots. But yeah, the streaming market kind of hurts the the other markets uh, that are available because like now that everything's streaming, they don't have to wait for a movie to come out on home video and make more of a profit off of there. They can just wait for it to come on streaming. Okay. So so that yeah. way they're they're releasing less movies. In you know less theaters, right? And I mean, I honestly thought theaters were going to be gone after COVID, and I was shocked how much better they're doing. And I think Avatar is going to help bring people back to the theater, like Spider Man did. Well, you see how the Laugh Factory is doing because I mean, like people want to come out and enjoy an evening of comedy. Yeah, you know, they, yeah. they're coming out. Before we go, uh, we have a, a listener who wants to offer a music movie suggestion. Hey, Eduardo, what's going on on the South Side? What's on your mind? Yeah, yeah. Good evening. Uh, I got a suggestion here. I see what do you think, uh, Jeremy Hopkins, uh, Anthony Hopkins. 
end Hathaway and Jeremy Strong in Armageddon Time. Yeah, it was okay. Like, Is that a new movie? Yeah, that that movie came out. Remember when I said like uh, Steven Spielberg makes movies about his own life that's better than the other ones? Armageddon Time was the James Gray one that I was referring to, because like Armageddon Time, it's 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 an okay movie in my opinion. There's never a Eduardo right likes opinion. it. We're not gonna let you two fight over it. Yeah, we're not gonna fight over it. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, I just kind of felt like oh, I've yeah. seen this movie. Uh, like there's the kid in school. Everyone's like, oh, you're Jewish. We don't like you. And then he happens to have like the one black friend who's his friend, and everyone you know. Just like, ew, you're hanging out with a black guy? How dare you? And, you know, Anthony Hopkins is the old man who's like, screw all the racists. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, oh, I've seen this movie. What did you, what did you like about it, Eduardo? Uh, well, I like the uh, traditional movies here. Um, I'm kind of like old-fashioned because I, I watch a lot of PBS, like Endeavor and um, some of that uh, other program they have on the PBS. And I like the... Uh, some of those old programs they put on there, but with current current characters, actors and actresses, you know, yeah, it's not black and white, but it's made. Uh, they had one where they did a around the world in eighty days. Oh yeah, you know, I saw that for the first time two years ago. That's oh, really? Yeah. Oh, all right. I mean, it's funny. There's some elements of that movie that does not age well. Like, I think a guy's going to, like, India at one point, and it was just, like, a bunch of white guys in blackface, and I'm like, ooh, that's not good. <laughs> well, thanks, Eduardo. I'll, t- I'll check that one out, too. Thank you very much. Both of you have a good weekend. All right. All right. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, maybe I should have you come in, or at least on the phone. Do, have we have we done holiday movies? I would love to do that. I would love to do those movies over the phone. That's my best Jimmy all Stewart. Right. <laughs> but, and maybe earlier in the week, because, obviously, yeah. give people time to watch maybe monday or tuesday i'll check in with you. maybe let's do, let's do tuesday uh and we'll find out what your list is for holiday movies so you get some time oh that'd let be awesome yeah Excellent. all right so let's do uh let's do tuesday at six i don't know if you want to come in or be on the phone either way it's up to you either way is fine with me oh, if you want to come in you're always welcome to come in studio Heck yeah. all right excellent all right so mike crowley will be back next tuesday uh, i've got to make sure i put that on the, the calendar for everybody uh <laughs> so next tuesday we will uh t- check in with mike and get your holiday movies and and i'll i'll bring my list this time too because i've yeah. got a list we just saw a new one uh oh no i'm not gonna remember it was barbara stanwick she's a uh, shot she's caught shoplifting and rather than uh make her go to jail the the uh prosecutor ends up taking him taking her to his hometown in indiana i think it's 1940 and mm. uh, it was a it, it was real. it was i'd never seen it before and i enjoyed it and little shop around the corner so i'm already giving you my list i shouldn't have done that see it's <laughs> all right <laughs> we won't remember when we come back that's right you, well, you'll probably agree ypa uh, reviews.com Mm-hmm. That's uh, Mike Crowley. He'll be back on Tuesday. Mike, it's great to see you. Be safe. Yeah. Get, get in the Laugh Factory. All right? okay, I'll, I'll try my best. All right. Take care. <laughs> Have a great night, everybody. Thank you, Lady B. Mike Crutes up with Devil's Advocates. And thank you, everybody here at WCPT and all our listeners. Be well. Be happy. Be safe.